Hello and welcome to the Ask the Expert podcast series at the Royal Geographical Society with Institute of British Geographers. I'm Laura and I write resources for the education department here. This recording is part of our growing series of interviews, questions and answers from leading geographical experts and practitioners. Professor Mark Jane is an urban, social and cultural geographer at Cardiff University. I spoke to Mark about his research on Chinese cities and urban experience. I guess my interest in um, Chinese cities really goes back to when I was um, doing my PhD. So I was studying a small city in the English Midlands. And I became increasingly frustrating that the urban theory that I was using to inform my PhD research wasn't particularly useful. That theory had been developed in relation to a small number of large cities in Europe and North America, and it didn't offer me the resources I needed to really understand consumption in a small city in the UK. Uh, Leading on from that, I started to be interested in trying to develop more cosmopolitan and diverse sets of ways of understanding cities around the world, and, and what was the benefit of that theoretical agenda. Firstly, by addressing small cities as important urban uh, settlements that had been ignored in the research. And then later, and thinking about how studying cities around the world could add value to our understanding of urbanity of cities. So my first, uh, first interest around Chinese cities was look, to look at cities twinning. And I was looking in particular at Manchester's relationships with cities around the world. And I found that with relation to Chinese cities, uh, they were, the local authorities were much more concerned with expressing hospitality and friendship as a key element of that twinning activities, while other cities were more driven by economic priorities Uh, the local authority representatives from Chinese cities highlighted hospitality and friendship as underpinning those activities. Um, My next step in understanding Chinese cities was to consider particular case study research in China. So two that I was immediately drawn to was, firstly, public dance, square dancing, often of older people in public space. And that opened up a whole set of interesting questions for me around issues around comfort and discomfort, the differences between public and private space in Chinese cities, but also forms of sociability. All people in public spaces were engaged in activities that actually young people found quite embarrassing. They thought of them being too noisy, um, too behaving in ways that were inappropriate. And for me, that was a real opposition to cities in Europe and North America, where often it was teenagers and young people who were seen as problematic. So dancing was something I saw as real visible representation of the way that older people were using urban public spaces in a way that was maybe different from other parts of the world. And then secondly, I was really intrigued by um, the amount of places in Chinese cities to have a massage, have your feet or head or body um, um, massaged. And it really, for me, said something about the very complexity and um, numbers of people in Chinese cities, of moving through cities, that massage just for a moment offered a, a temporary respite in cities where you were often jostled on the street or there was 
you know, quite difficult to move through um, public transport. Um, massage was a way of a place of stillness and relaxation to recharge yourself, often through vigorous massage that could be painful or challenging. That interaction with different bodies in spaces were a moment where people could have um, relaxation and stillness in this kind of chaotic um, urban context. And then following on from that, I'm editing a new book on Chinese urbanism, which really kind of goes back to um, that, the, the problems I saw in my PhD research of how it, to apply different theoretical constructs to understanding cities. So a lot of the research about Chinese cities um, has highlighted interesting uh, economic or physical changes within the city, but often ignored what some of the theoretical context that has enlivened urban theory um, for the last 30 years. So applying uh, critical Marxist, feminist, post-structuralist, um, more than representational theory to Chinese cities um, offers new sets of ways of understanding those cities, but also gives us a way of reflecting back how Chinese scholars can add value to those sets of ideas through new case studies or new um, conceptions of things like public and private space. So developing that dialogue between um, Chinese cities but also Chinese theorists to develop our understanding of cities. So I guess my interest in Chinese cities really went from uh, the potteries to China. Well, Chinese cities have seen remarkable change over the last um, 20 or 30 years. Um, this, you know, physical redevelopment, um, the new buildings that have emerged, high-rise, living, um, and of course that's been underpinned by, you know, um, some fundamental shifts in the economy, the, you know, China becoming a global power, uh, the way that, you know, uh, Chinese manufacturing has led to this um, incredible generation of wealth, and then new types of post-industrial um, activity in the city with, um, you know, China becoming part of international uh, routes of flows of capital and people. Okay. Recently I visited Wuhan, which is a very interesting city. It's uh, had a long-standing twinning relationship with Manchester based upon its historical um, production um, and manufacture of textiles. Um, that relationship was developed through actually uh, residents in Manchester who were from Wuhan um, wishing to have some connection with their hometown, so they lobbied the city authorities in Manchester to formalise their links with their hometown and develop a, a twinning uh, partnership um, and that has been maintained over, over decades, often facilitated by um, local authority figures going back and forth to the city, um, engaging civic receptions, um, presentation of um, artists and acrobats as a representation of the friendship and hospitality between the two cities. Do you think it changes people's perception of place to be twinned? Because actually I didn't know that Manchester is twinned with this place that you've just mentioned. 
I think, you know, when you go in and out of cities, you see most cities have big signs, um, you know, welcome to Cardiff, and you'll see the list of places they're twinned with. And I think for lots of people, it really highlights how cities are not just bounded spaces, but they reach out to different parts of the world in a myriad complex and interesting ways in economic relationships or cultural exchanges. Is there any economic exchange in the twinning? Is it just purely cultural? I think, um, you know, there are key indicators of the success of twinning activities based upon numbers of jobs created through the relationship, um, inward investment, um, how many companies may set up in um, each city from their twin partner. Um, but often, actually, those figures become less important and sometimes it is about that expression of um, connection and friendship, uh, and particularly um, some of those indi- economic indicators were, were difficult to collect the data from them. So sometimes it was the expressions of connection through friendship and hospitality that was more important than proving the economic value of those relationships. So why do you think that geographers have mostly concentrated their research on cities in the global north or um, in western countries rather than eastern countries? I guess those cities told us something about urbanity at a particular time, how cities developed in the late um, 18th and early 19th century, really kind of um, highlighted how urban modernity emerged and developed. So it's understandable that theorists spent a lot of trying to understand what was going on in those cities. But however, some of those kind of imperatives now have changed that we need to look how um, sit, how we understand the city needs to be informed by new types of urbanism or urbanism that is developing in different parts of the world. So um, as geographers, we become um, more integrated into global networks of knowledge. Of course, it's fundamentally important that we draw upon other cities and engage with scholars from other parts of the world to understand um, how urbanism in distant um, cities can inform our understanding of um, cities. Thank you for listening. For access to further resources, publications and curriculum relevant material to support geographical learning and teaching, please go to www.rgs.org forward slash resources.